Welcome to CC Partners, the employer's choice. We provide expert legal and strategic advice in all areas of labor and employment law. By working closely with our clients, our experienced team delivers pragmatic, proactive solutions, resolving many issues before they escalate. Get to know us better at ccpartners.ca. And hello, and thank you for tuning in to the question and answer portion of our free live webinar, Labor and Employment Perspectives, Conducting Business in the Construction Industry During and After COVID-19. Uh, this question and answer period goes along with episode 15 of the, Labor, of the Lawyers for Employers broadcast brought to you by CC Partners. If you are just joining us, my name is Mike McClellan, and I am joined today by two of my colleagues, Jay Ryder and Christina Tomaino. All right, everybody, thank you for uh, attending our webinar and let's get into some of our questions. So here's a good question uh, regarding the uh, government benefits. Uh, in each four week period, if an employee is off for 14 days, is the entire period ineligible for the CEWS? We were advised the 14 days worked in that period doesn't qualify. Um, the um, yeah, there is a, an eligibility requirement under the CEWS that the employee can't have been uh, off work and not earning anything for a period of 14 consecutive days during the CEWS eligibility period. Uh, the, the reason for that is to, uh, like I said, avoid the double dipping uh, between both CERB and CEWS. So yes, that does appear to be one of the eligibility criteria. Uh, again, and I can't stress this enough, get uh, confirmation from your tax advisor or accountant. Go ahead, Jay. I was just gonna say what happens if you retroactively bring the employee back on payroll, albeit inactive for that period. I presume then you're CEWS eligible, but the employee could have to uh, refund their CERB payment for that 14 day period. Is that yeah, absolutely. Like I said, during the webinar portion, there is the ability to retroactively pay uh, employees. Uh, certainly, there may be some CERB implications of that if you're paying them in excess of $1,000. Again, your best bet is to get uh, uh, specific tax advice from your advisor or uh, accountant. All right, let's check our webinar uh, chat. We had uh, one question uh, that I answered offline uh, during the program, but it might, I don't know the mix of employers, we have it on here. It was a question from a federally regulated employer about uh, what uh, rules would apply to them uh, during this time. And uh, my answer was, you're, you're still governed for occupational health and safety purposes by part two of the Canada Labor Code, but you're also bound, I believe, uh, by the emergency orders and the public health uh, guidelines promulgated by the Ontario government pursuant to its emergency powers, and therefore it must abide by those on your sites as well as uh, your, your Canada Labour Code OHSA obligations. Great, thanks for that, Jay. Here's an excellent question. Will you be sharing your slides? Yes, we will share our slides. Uh, home renovation construction for small business that do home renovations only. Jay, do you have any insight on uh, resuming work for home renovations? So under the current essentials list, any project 
renovation project that commenced before the 4th of April 2020 is allowed to be completed. As we sit right now, anything that was scheduled to start after April 4th uh, is restricted until such time as that part of the emergency order is lifted, which I would anticipate will come uh, fairly shortly. As I said, I think all of ICI and probably the balance of residential is going to get uh, opened back up pretty soon. Great. Thanks, Jay. Uh, Christina, I'd like you to address this one, please. Should temporary agencies have their own guidelines in place, or is following the job site guidelines where the workers are placed enough? That's a great question. I would absolutely recommend that all employers, including temporary agencies, have their own policies in place uh, while your workers are being sent out to job sites that may have some policies. You really can't be sure and can't put your trust in uh, the policies being sufficient in order to protect yourself, protect your business. You need to have your own independent policies in place. And certainly you can have uh, some language in those policies about employees also being required to follow these site-specific guidelines, but certainly there should be general health and safety and COVID-specific health and safety procedures in place. I would absolutely support that. So thank you for that question and thank you for that response, Christina. Uh, here's a question about recall. If an employee returns to work and then feels unsafe to, due to contact with others while observing a six-foot social distancing, staff wearing masks and gloves and following company work safe policies, is this a work refusal? Uh, yeah, it very well could be and there is a process under the Occupational Health and Safety Act for work refusals. In a nutshell, the employer, the employee advises their uh, supervisor of the work refusal and the basis for it. The employer conducts an investigation and gives the uh, employee their response of whether there is a, a hazard to address or not. If not, the employee would be expected to go back to work. If the employee disagrees, however, their recourse would be to call in the uh, Ministry of Labor to conduct an investigation. Uh, we've seen this happen a couple of times, and I think it's a couple of times with the Toronto Transit Commission this has happened. Um, Jay, you were you were talking in your in your presentation about recall. What are your thoughts on this question? Uh, well, I believe that uh, once you've engaged in your OHSA refusal protocol and if it's been determined that uh, the employer is compliant with the OHSA and uh, the, the work conditions are not unsafe uh, that that employee who chooses to then absent him or herself who doesn't otherwise have protected grounds for claiming leave uh, could be in jeopardy of forfeiting their employment. Um, I also had a question uh, during the course of our process about what about someone who is uh, refusing because they're on EI uh, and they just don't want to come back to work uh, while they're continuing to have their 30 weeks of EI benefits. And this is slightly different than CERB. This is someone who was on EI before the CERB program got put in place. But uh, my answer on that one is that uh, you may want to point out to the employee uh, that their refusal to return could result in the issuance of a record of employment showing that they voluntarily uh, quit or resigned from their employment with the company. 
which would have the effect of disentitling them to their ongoing uh, EI payments. And that may cause them to reconsider. The problem with the CERB payments is that uh, there is no current requirement that a record of employment be uh, associated with the CERB claim and therefore more difficult to uh, motivate someone who is in receipt of CERB benefits and doesn't want to return to work for no particularly good reason uh, to do so. That's a good point, Jay. I will point out, though, that one of the eligibility requirements for CERB is that the employee has not voluntarily quit their job. And, you know, we expect there's going to be some kind of audit or review process. So, um, yeah, it, it Agreed, may be as, a matter, as a practical matter, Mike, I don't think there's any way that they're ever going to catch up with those situations. Nope, fair enough. Maybe as you know, a practical matter, what, but technically yeah. speaking, that's what the government is telling us at least. All right, uh, we have a couple more. Uh, here's a good one. Are WSIB payments affected by the COVID-19 situation? Uh, one of our counsel is a WSIB specialist and we've picked his brain on this a little bit. Um, certainly it is possible for uh, somebody to uh, contract COVID-19 in the workplace and then they may be eligible for WSIB. And then of course, all of the um, employer obligations that uh, go along with that. Um, I, I'm, I'm not sure whether uh, anybody else has anything to add uh, with respect to WSIB payments and uh, COVID-19. Jay or Christina? Nothing here, Mike. All right. So as of right now, I think that's uh, the information we can give you about uh, WSIB and uh, COVID-19. Um, those are the questions that we had posted to us. If there are any other questions, you can enter them now in the uh, Q&A tab. Um, maybe we'll, we'll chat for a minute or so. M maybe I'll just take a moment to uh, kind of promote the fact that uh, CC Partners is sponsoring a uh, women in construction bursary uh, along with the uh, Barry Construction Association Women in Construction Group. So if you know any uh, women who are graduating high school and pursuing post-secondary studies in the trades, uh, you can find information on the uh, Barry Construction Association website or on our social media. Uh, applications are due June the 1st. And so we are getting some information coming in. Some places are not giving Form 8s to everyone who is claiming WSIB. Uh, another question, how will the WSIB be able to prove that an employee contracted COVID in the workplace and didn't contract it outside the workplace and bring it in? Uh, I would say, you know, as with any WSIB claim, the board has to do their uh, investigation and diligence and adjudication of those claims. I can't say specifically what their mechanisms are going to be, um, but uh, I mean, that is a, a question, I think, for all WSIB claims and uh, Christina or Jay, anything to add to that? Well, not, not directly related necessarily, Mike, but uh, I saw some information yesterday that suggested that there has to date only been 10 uh, documented cases of COVID-19 uh, infections on construction sites uh, in Ontario. So uh, the issue of workplace infection, uh, knock on wood, uh, to date has been relatively relatively uh, rare and uh, infrequent. 
and hopefully it'll remain that way. Um, in, in terms of the WSIB investigating, I agree uh, with you 100%. It'll have to be determined just like uh, in any other disease uh, determination, whether it's, uh, whether it's someone with cancer who's claiming they got cancer from a carcinogen in the workplace, uh, the same principles and rules will apply. Okay, great. Well, everyone, we thank you for your attendance, uh, your, your contributions with your questions. We hope you found this presentation uh, useful and informative. Uh, again, you can find us online at www.czpartners.ca. Uh, I'll put our contact information up again just to uh, end off our uh, question and answer period. If there are any specific questions you would like to ask, you can feel free to uh, reach out to any of Jay or Christina or I, and uh, I think we're going to uh, sign off. So uh, again, thank you very much, everybody, on behalf of CC Partners for joining us in the uh, latest installment of our Lawyers for Employers broadcasts. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Stay safe.